Welcome to Blind Love Radio. I'm your host, Anna Rosen. Enjoy these heartfelt conversations having to do with creativity, transformation, and the divine. Hello, hello. How are you? I am your lovely host, Anna. I'm getting over a cold, which you can probably hear in my voice a little bit. I probably sound pretty weird, but we love weird on this podcast, so it's all good. Mercury, Mercury, Mercury retrograde. Yes, Mercury retrograde right now. I can barely talk, so I'm going to get right to it, guys. This is an amazing podcast with Rose Rising 12. You know her, you love her on Instagram. You can find her at that handle. And I am obsessed with her. She is so smart, such a smart little cookie, and wise beyond her years, I would say, or right on the money with her years. I don't even know why I said that saying. But it was an honor to have her on the podcast. She is a tarot reader and an intuitive guide, just guiding me right along through the tarot in this conversation. We talk all about the Ten of Swords and (laughs) these random cards that you wouldn't think are like would be somebody's favorite cards but then she says that they're her favorite cards and I have like a whole new perspective on these quote-unquote bad cards of the tarot um and what a gift that she gives me and will give you because you're gonna listen to this also so the ten of swords We talk about the fool. I loved hearing her perspective on the fool. And also, like, what a reminder that the fool is kind of there throughout the whole experience of the tarot. We talk about that. We talk about transformation in her life. We talk about how she found tarot, the evolution of her practice. And this is just such a juicy episode. So I know you guys are going to want to book a reading with her. So you can do that on Instagram. You can DM her Rose Rising 12 or you can email her roserising12 at gmail.com. So I hope I don't butcher her last name, but I welcome Rose DePaolo. I love you guys. Enjoy. Okay, so go ahead and introduce yourself for everybody. Okay, hi. Um, I am Rose DePaulo. I live in Spokane, Washington, which is in the eastern part of the state. And this it's technically it's a city, but it just it feels like a cozy little town. I grew up here and hated it most of my life, but love it now. 
lots of access to the outdoors and nature, and that's uh, really my thing. So um, I have three kids. I'm a single mom um, and a tarot reader and a life coach and lots of other things. I'm so happy to be here. Yay! I love that. Spokane looks so pretty. I always, like, hear about it on all these, like, running podcasts. I guess there's, like, a really mm-hmm. big, like, running community there. Um, what kind of community? A running community. <laughs> like, marathons oh. and, yeah, like, races. I don't know. I guess because it's so pretty and there's so much nature. Yes. Yeah, it's really beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, so how did you find tarot? Well, it kind of um, found me several years ago um, when I was just exploring a lot of um, different aspects of my spirituality. And um, tarot just kind of showed up. And um, in some of the, the classes, online classes I was taking, you know, people were talking about tarot cards and, um, you know, it wasn't something that I ever had exposure to as a child or um, knew much about other than, you know, the hokey um, way it's presented in movies and stuff like that. Um, But something just really resonated deeply. And um, when I came upon it, um, I guess probably in like 2011 or so, 2012, and I got my first deck, which is the Wild Unknown, and um, actually that's not true. The Wild Unknown is the first deck that I really um, learned to read for other people on, um, but my first deck, gosh, I don't know, I'd have to think about that, but I got one and <laughs> started exploring and just really fell in love with the archetypes and the... Um, um, just the stories that the cards tell just really spoke to me um, in a really deep way, and the relationship began. Ooh, I love that. So what card What card do you feel like you were in when Tarot found you? Mm, that's a good question. The first thing that came to mind was the Fool because um, I was pregnant with my third child, and pregnancy is very much a fool's journey. <laughs> um, and and in just a, a very new beginning, I took a lot of leaps in, the, in that, that year, um, leaping into becoming a mother of three children, and, um, and then just spiritually a lot really um changed and opened up for me at that time so Ooh, yeah that's so juicy yeah <laughs> how do you feel like your relationship with the fool has evolved over time since like you first started it's so interesting that you picked the fool because i feel like it's like their journey going through the tarot and it's like, mm. like, how has your journey, I guess, compared or 
I don't know, even like your relationship with that archetype, how has it like evolved over time? Mm. Well, there's a lot less fear now than there was, um, and way more faith and trust in the unknown. And that's just developed over, um, over time and experience of, of taking leaps of faith and, and finding that, um, myself in a better place than I was before I took the leap and, and learning, having that experience that the most of the, of the difficulty comes in the anticipation of a big change, um, in my life. And that once I, once I take that step, so to speak, um, things just fall into place in a way that, that is really miraculous, but it, but it takes that, that first, that willingness, right, to, um, leave, leave what's known and step into the unknown. And I've just had so many of those experiences since then that, um, when pool, the pool comes up or that pool energy kind of enters my life, um, I'm just, like, okay, let's do this. Not that I don't still feel scared, but it's a much different experience of fear now than it, than it was back then. It sounds more fun. Like you're going to like go on a roller coaster where it's like, yeah, it's scary, yeah. but like exciting. Yeah, it can be. And it can also be like, feeling like I'm dying and being reborn, you know, (laughs) (laughs) like the absolutely terrifying and, and devastating, but, but I don't know. I just know like my, my spirituality and my faith has grown, um, over, you know, the last six or seven years, um, to a point where I just, I know I'm carried through whatever life life brings to me and that it may hurt and it may be terrifying but it's gonna be okay you know Ooh, that's so beautiful so mm-hmm. how do you use the cards like daily or or not daily like what's kind of like your current practice with your tarot mm. well um a couple different things. I um, I pull cards for myself um, just when I feel called to, um, which isn't every day, um, but just you know whenever my my deck is always um, readily available in on an altar that I have for it, and um, just when I need feel like I need a conversation, you know with with my guides, with spirit, you know, I'll just grab, grab my deck and pull some cards. And then, but, you know, it's real, it's a relationship, you know, with, um, with the cards and, and what they represent. And so I feel like throughout my day, just the language of, of tarot is sort of running through my, my mind and my soul, you know, so I'll just notice like, oh, I'm really in, like a strength moment here or I'm in, you know, some other two of swords or, or something like that. And I kind of call on the energy um, when I need it or, or, or I recognize it when it's present in, in my day. Does that make sense? Yes, absolutely. And I feel and like... And the other uh-huh. aspect of it is 
um, when I read for other people, when I um, read, you know, do readings for clients, um, that's a real, you know, like every, there's always something for me in every reading. And so while I'm, you know, there in service to, to the client, I'm also, you know, getting something that I need as well, which is really pretty cool. That is super cool. You like t- took the words right out of my mouth. I was like, oh, you must oh. be able to see that for other people too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Very cool. So what was it like giving your first tarot reading either for like a friend or professionally? Mm. Gosh, I don't know if I remember like the First, I remember the first time someone asked me, just a friend asked me to um, to do a reading in person, and I had never done that for somebody else before, and I was like, I can't do that. What are you talking about? And um, and this was a friend who was familiar with the tarot, so that made me even more, and I still felt like a beginner, and that made me feel even more nervous, but... Um, but it was a good experience, you know, and another lesson, another full experience, right, of just leaping into something that scares me and finding out, oh, I actually can do this, you know. It was a good experience. And then, um, but doing it professionally, I really started doing that maybe four years ago, just off and on here and there. Um, but it really, um, um, the last three years have been pretty steady. And um, so when I started doing that, it felt I had that that common feeling of feeling weird about getting paid to do spiritual work, which I've totally not completely worked through. I can't say I've completely worked through that, that stuff, but um, it's a lot easier for me, you know, to accept money for, for tarot readings. I mean, it is a service, you know, um, that I'm providing. Um, it feels fine to be compensated for that. But So that felt a little weird, but um, but I just remember, like, the doing a reading for somebody, which has most, I rarely read in person, um, almost never, actually. It's all uh, via email. And so just doing the reading and sending it out and having no idea how it's going to land and then those first bits of feedback that I that I got um, about how helpful it was or how, you know, spot on is the word people use quite a bit. And, you know, that that kind of stuff was just like, Oh wow, this is this is really cool. I can I can do this for other people too, you know? So that's so cool. How have you, do you feel like tarot is like a healing tool or would you consider it to be healing? And like, what are your thoughts around like those associations? Oh, very much. Yes, absolutely. It's um, been extremely healing for me. And and that's how I, I use it, for lack of a better word, or present it in, in readings for other people. Is it's a tool for self-healing, um, you know, for um, it's absolutely medicine for our um, for our soul, you know, and um, 
you know, it's just a, a tool for really understanding ourselves and understanding um, our trauma and how it affects us today and how to move through it in a way that, um, you know, we feel free and are, and are available for the opportunities that life presents us to, to live more fully to our purpose. Um, and which is why I love um, Lindsay Mack as a teacher, because she absolutely teaches from that perspective. And it's just been the one that's always resonated with me the most. Like, I've never, I've never thought of tarot as, like, a, um, a tool for, like, telling the future or predicting what's going to happen. It's just really about what's going on right now, how the past affects it, and what we can do to move forward. Totally. All hail Lindsay. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yes. <laughs> um, what's Absolutely. a card that's like shown up for you that's really been really big medicine for you? Besides the fool. Hmm. Well... Gosh, there's like a few cards just popped into my head at once. Um, Ten of Swords, for sure. It's maybe my favorite um, Oh, do tell. Do tell. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, because I just, I love it. I love that awakening, um, that dawn after a dark night of the soul, you know, and the promise of, of, being able to move forward without those old um, thoughts and beliefs that hold us back. Um, that's really, I mean, it's just the work. It's the work, right? It's how healing happens is, is moving through those, those, as you know, Lindsay calls it brain chemistry and, and the way, you know, our brain, the stories our brains tell us about um, who we are and what we deserve and you know Ten of Swords is just that release from all of that and I love it that's been my um, you know what that makes me think of that I've done and am doing it makes me think of like cause sometimes I get like you're thinking confused with feeling because I think for me they're both so entwined like I feel it's like you feel what you think so my first Mm -hmm. thought when you said like oh ten of swords was thinking about like you said like the dawn after like a dark night of the soul like that idea of like after you're you've been done like crying over like something terrible but it's like a lightness that you feel like you get filled up with and then it's like Mm. wiping the tears off and like that lightness of like doing a mundane task of like continuing Mm. with your day um but then I was like you're right like brain chemistry it's not exactly like an emotional thing but like I mean seeing those swords like in his body it's kind of, I don't know what do you think about that if you have any thoughts about that 
like I don't I guess I'm just yeah. like rambling but no that's great yeah I think well the the difference between thinking and feeling I I think most of us um or a lot of us have at some point in our lives um haven't really felt our feelings but we more think about our feelings and and that's a much different experience um until you know, we learn, we, most of us have to relearn how to embody, you know, um, and really feel our feelings with our body. And so until we relearn how to do that, like children know how to do that, you know, we're born knowing how to do that, but through different experiences and, and trauma in our, in our lives, we get kind of divorced from our bodies, most of us. And so we have to relearn that. And until we do, then we're mostly just thinking about our feelings. And so it, most of it's just happening in our minds. And um, so that, that experience of crying, having a good cry, and then getting up, that absolute, I think that can totally be a tennis words experience. It doesn't, um, but it can also go much, much deeper than that as well. What do you think, like, I, I guess, like, I guess ending cycles Mm-hmm. I have this card for my card in December <laughs> and I've been like oh boy like it's coming for me <laughs> you mean the ten of swords is your card for this coming December yes uh-huh oh yeah but it's well, also like exciting. it is in like Capricorn season like all this stuff with Capricorn. I am a Capricorn. Mm. It just feels like there's some some cycle that I'm ending. And it, yeah. And it feels like it's been like a whole year kind of like leading up to this. I don't know. This whole year has felt like a big cry. <laughs> and... <laughs> I can relate. Me too. <laughs> and like kind of like continuing like regardless, but like feeling mm. a little lighter from it. Like, I don't know. The tears were a little heavy, heaviness like releasing. Mm. Um, yeah. But it feels like being, I guess, like a sort of rebirth, but it's almost like a little bit too heady. I guess that's like the swords of it all. Where it's like it's hard to really like pinpoint what's happening, especially when you're like so in it. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I love- it's hard to see when when we're when we're in it. Um, it's it's you know yeah a lot of it. Um, the healing, or we see the healing when we're on the other side, and we look back and we're like, whoa, that was look at what happened and look where I am now, you know, we don't always recognize it when we're actually doing the work, but it's happening, you know, inside of us. There's a lot that happens under the surface, you know, when we're on a a healing path and, you know, spiritual growth, there's a lot that happens without us even noticing. And then all of a sudden we're like, oh, wow, I'm on the other side of something that, I wasn't even fully aware I was in, you know? 
Totally. And I think it can be like really painful because it's like all of these things are happening when you don't even realize it. And then it's like waking up and you're a different person. And it's almost like, like, I don't even know myself anymore. Like, because what I thought I was was gone. And now it's like you have to kind of rediscover. It's a bit of it like an identity crisis with that also. Yeah, yeah, that waking up after after that, you know, on the other side of that ten of floors experience, whatever it is, is can be very disorienting because who am I without those beliefs about myself? Who am I without the story that I've carried about my identity and what I deserve or what I'm capable of or whatever it is, you know, it just leaves a lot of wide open space for and then there's that pause in between, you know, what was isn't anymore and what will be hasn't come yet, you know? So there's that moment of kind of panic because there's just so much space. Yeah, but I almost kind of like the space. Like, it's kind of mm. nice. I don't know. It's almost like nice not knowing. I think I think it's like the full energy that you were talking about where it's like you start to get more comfortable with the unknown. And I guess like the fool is there every step of the way. So even you talking about that makes me think about like, well, the fool is there in the Ten of Swords. Absolutely, yeah. Like, in between those cards, like, in between all of the cards. Mm-hmm, yep. Yeah, because every, every step on the journey is, like, a step off another cliff, you know, into another unknown experience. Right. So do you yeah. think, like, the swords, like, if you were to get to, like, ten of swords... I mean, I know the idea of, like, it being kind of, like, a spiral, but do you think we're always, like, spiraling within the same suit? Or, like, I don't know, would it, like, bounce back to, like, the Ace of Swords? Or would we kind of go to, like, I guess a different area? Or I guess that's a very, like, vague question. (laughs) Yeah, and I just think it, it really depends. You know, and it's so um, personal and individual um, about where you go from there. But I think the point with Ten of Swords is that whatever it is that you have worked through and are completing is something that you don't have to go back and do again. You know, that it's a it's a clearing, you know, and a realignment um, with with your soul in a way that hasn't happened before and that can't be undone, you know? So where you go from there is like, it's anybody's guess, you know? Just depends on on what happens next. Ooh, that's so big. <laughs> okay, so what are yeah. the other cards you were thinking about? So Ten of Swords, we love. Yes, um... What were the other ones? Um, oh, it was Magician and Strength were the other two that, um, and Ten of Swords, those were the three that came up when you asked. 
Okay, I don't even so... remember what the question was now. <laughs> I think it was which ones are healing to you or which cards do you find healing in? So uh, let's talk yeah, the magician. Yeah, yeah so the magician um, is just really empowering, you know, just that message that you, you already have everything you need. It's already there inside you and it's just, Really, the whole the journey through the major arcana is just um, discovering what you already have. You know, it's not an an attainment or getting anything. It's just you know um, exploring your inner world and and discovering what's been there all along that you haven't been able to see for a variety of reasons. You know, so just starting out that way the you know that the major arcana starts out that way with you already have it all it's all right here for you and now you get to go discover where it all is you know as you move through through the the major and the minors you know that's beautiful it reminds me of like an un like an unbecoming like we're like shedding what we're not in order to like see who oh, we really are. Yeah. yeah, so much of of spiritual healing is about unlearning. You know, it's not necessarily about um, like I said, about attaining or gaining anything. It's just getting rid of a lot of conditioning, you know, um, from the culture and from our families and from school. Um, you know, like stripping all of that away to get to what's real. How do you think, like, I don't know if this is, like, it seems like the Magician is a very, like, practical card, do you think? Yeah, well, what do you mean by that? I don't know, like, I was almost going to ask, I don't know if that's, like, I guess, like, too direct of, like, such a big archetype, but, like, how do we do that? Like, how do we use... I guess, the tools that the magician has on his table in order to, like, see what's inside of us? Like, is there, like, a really practical way to do that? Or is it a bit more, like, of an esoteric question of, like, stripping away and, like, trial and error? Mm. Well, I would say both. Uh, it's true. Um, definitely esoteric. Um, but also there are ways of embodying um, every suit in, in the tarot, in the minor arcana, and, and developing practices, like embodiment practices, um, tangible things that you can do to, um, um, to, you know, to heal and to grow through the lessons that, they, that each one represents. What do you think about, so before we started talking, I pulled the Ace of Wands, Mm -hmm. and I also pulled an Oracle card that was Action, which I feel like go hand in hand, kind of. Yeah. Like, what are your thoughts on the Ace of Wands, and like, what medicine do you think it has for us, and like, what would be like some ideas of embodying the wands? Mm. 
Well, the ace, you know, is the like the spark of creation for the the suit, and and wand is about um, creativity and fire and passion, and um, so I think the medicine is, you know, and also there's there's full energy in it as well, and with all the aces, and so it's just that that new creative beginning of what what went and then I love that you pulled um action with that because um I think it's you know wants has a lot to do with bringing our ideas into um manifest manifestation and creating work um from you know, guided by spirit and something really mean, bringing something really meaningful through us into the world. And the ace is the seed of that. Um, so, you know, and that takes action. That takes, and then how, what was the other question? How do we embody that? Yeah. Well, it's funny, like the first thing that came to my mind is um, maybe because I'm, uh, doing the uh, trauma for the un- or trauma tarot for the <laughs> underworld um, and the breath work thing so breath and and also I'm you know dealing with some lung stuff and grief and everything is very centered around you know my heart chakra right now and so I just thought of breath of fire that mm. um, you know breathing exercise but um, that really you know, gets your, your chi activated, um, your energy, you know, up and running and, um, and both the face of wands and, um, the Oracle card action, like just really getting your body moving and, and that creating that internal heat, I think would be a great way to embody the medicine of that card. I love that. What a great answer. And I love that you Mm -hmm. talked about the aces being about manifesting and then thinking how that ties back to the magician. Like really Mm -hmm. like because that feels very practical, like very like grounded in of this world. It's like thinking back to talking about like the ten of swords and I mean, I know they don't like necessarily the suits go hand in hand, but just the idea of like shedding something with the 10 or like completing something and then bringing a new manifestation with the ace feels like it's like drawing the energy down from like the crown to your root. So it's like we can actually, I don't know, I guess embody it. Yeah, yeah, and then that the completion of that cycle is the foundation for the beginning of the of the next one, right? Because it it never ends. We just and same thing with the majors. Like we get to the world, and then we're we go right back to the beginning. Like you know, it's a it's a spiral. It, there's no it's not linear, and there's no there's no finish line. We just keep moving through it. So beautiful, but slightly overwhelming. Yes, right. <laughs> <laughs> I 
That's why we need the grounding embodiment practices, right? To keep yes. us in our bodies, on the earth, connected. Totally. Not overthinking. Yes. <laughs> So I feel like talking about like the heart chakra, that's a great segue into the strength card, which you were talking about. So like, what are your thoughts on that card? Why do you love it? Why is it so healing for you? Hmm. Well, I just love how um, it just brings a sense of calm, confidence to fearful situations. You know, it just, invites us into gentleness around our fears and um, really being able to um, just calmly walk up to the things that scare us, you know, and just face it, knowing that we um, are, you know, supported and guided and held and carried and um, that we're not alone, you know just gives so much, um, has given me, um, and gives me uh, daily, (laughs) um, just a lot of courage. And I think of it more, when I think of strength, I think of of the word courage, you know, um, feels like the, the word or the, um, energy that goes with that card more than strength like the word strength, you know? I love that. Yeah. I feel like I remember... Yeah, courage, mm-hmm. you know, is very much connected to the heart. Um, you know, so that that follows with that thinking as well. I feel like there was some um, etymology of the word courage that I saw I'm like quickly like looking it up yeah core core I don't know how to pronounce French words and and I think that comes from the Latin um core or something yes that that means heart Mm -hmm. right totally oh my god you read my mind yes (laughs) um I love that and to think that it's like you're you already have it it's just like mm-hmm. another thing, just like realizing that you have that. And yeah. I think there's a certain like mm-hmm. safety to it. I've been working with um, the Wildwood Tarot card for mm-hmm. um, for strength. It's actually 11. And I know like 8 and 11s are like sometimes interchanged. Um, yeah. And he... It's a guy, or appears a guy, and he's got, like, a mountain lion next to him, and he's a little bit of, like, a warrior guy, and he has, like, this cup of tea, which is interesting, and it looks like he's, like, about to go, he's, like, it looks like he's, like, pausing before going into battle, so, like... I think, like, taking a pause, too, before doing something that scares us is so helpful. Mm-hmm. Like, just, like, allowing our nervous systems to, like, relax. And then, like, truly making 
Because I feel like that's when we like drop into our heart and then we're not like reacting out of just like automatic responses. Yeah. Yeah. If we're in fight or flight, there's no accessing our heart in that, in that state. So that pause. And um, I used the wildwood for a long time and um, read with it. So I pulled that card out of my deck um, off of the shelf. And what stands out to me and um, is, yeah, he's not in an active state, but he's also, like everything that you said, like the pause, I totally see that. And I also see how many talismans he has. And how he's like, he has his medicine with him. And these are symbols of, of his, um, his spiritual connection, his divine, you know, connection to divine. Where in the um, strength card in the Rider Waite, um, there's an infinity symbol above the, the woman's head. And I feel like the representation of that in this card is all of the little... Um, you know, the little doll that's hanging from his hand and um, the things on his, in his hair, his ear, the um, bobcat or whatever that is on, on his head. You what? know, all of that, like, mm-hmm. protection he's carrying with him is important to, you know, help us know that we're not alone and we can just approach the things that scare us. You know, Ooh, I love that, that. that we have to, if we're to grow. Mm-hmm. What do you think about that bird flying off in the background? Um, well, I think it's, it's probably a hawk. And, um, you know, hawks always remind me, hawks and eagles and, you know, those birds of prey that, that soar and fly overhead and, and they take in a, um, really great expanse. It just reminds me to like pull back from situations and look at the really big picture. And then they also have um, really um, keen eyesight, so they can they can see like just the smallest little movement from really really far away, and then they can like move right towards it um, really quickly. And um, and so that. I feel like is is really good guidance as well to just pull back, take in the whole picture, and what you need is going to make itself known, and then you can go for it instead of being like caught up in the in the small details of things and getting overwhelmed and not being able to know what to do. Wow, you're blowing my mind. So I feel like I've been like working a little bit with this card like as like a lion being my familiar like it's come to me in like some dream work that I've been doing which I think is like a very interesting aspect with like the animal being on this card and like a little bit of like a protection thing. Um, Do you have any like animals that you feel either like protected by or like a spiritual connection with? Mm, yes. Um, uh, the most, the closest one to me is, is Raven. 
Um, and I actually, I have a tattoo of a raven on my chest, but um, ravens just show up for me um, in moments where I really need guidance. And, um, and sometimes in places where they just shouldn't even be, um, but then there one is, or I'll find a feather. And to a lesser extent, crows as well. Um, I'm really drawn to birds. Birds really um, communicate with me um, different ones in different ways um, over the years of my, um, you know, spiritual awakening and healing and growth. Um, that's, been, that's been a real constant is um, birds and feathers um, showing up as guides for me. I love that. What do you think the raven like symbolizes for you? Um, I'm always reminded when um, the raven shows up is just to remember who I am, um, and and kind of like it's kind of like a the the reminder of of the magician that I have everything that I need, and that what I'm called here to do in, in the sense of, you know, fulfilling my soul's purpose in this life at this time, um, I, I can trust it. I can trust that I have what I need to be able to fulfill that and the timing that um, it's meant to take. And so it just is very, always very calming and reassuring um, when I see or hear a raven because um, they're their sound is, is much different than, than a crow and or perhaps subtly different. I don't know. It's much different to me, but um, I don't know if how, you know, how common it is to be able to tell the difference, but it's a different sound. And so when I hear it, it just really stands out. And it's just like divine, just like covering me being like, you're okay. You're right on top. It's all part of it, you know? Ooh, that's so beautiful. I love that. Mm-hmm. I need to like Google the difference between a crow and a raven now. <laughs> Most of it is just is just size and and some behavior. Ravens are are bigger than crows. They have a different shaped beak and different shaped tail feathers. They're like um, pretty big, right? Ravens are big, yeah. They can get really big. Mm-hmm. And they generally live, um, they don't live in big um, groups the way crows do. They just live in small, smaller groups or by themselves and in wooded areas rather than in the city like crows do. Mm, I'm loving it. Loving the raven. Yeah, me too. Oh, I love birds. I feel like birds in general are just such messengers of spirit. Yes, absolutely. Um, I had another question. What was it? I like started thinking about ravens. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, what card do you feel like you are working through right now? Hmm. Um. Really, there's a lot of high priestess and hermit 
energy um, in my life right now just to really, um, I'm spending a lot of time in solitude and really just listening to myself and not, not so much um, seeking other outside information, external information, but just really listening to what I already know and, and really just, just really spending a lot of time um, in my own company and, and really limiting distractions. And I feel like that's the hermit. You know, and it's my it's my life path card, the hermit, and so um, there's like this feeling of of getting to the root of like really who I am right now, and um, clearing away. I'm definitely completing some cycles right now, um, and ways of relating and in relationships and. And so everything's gotten, like, the path has gotten really, really narrow in my spiritual walk right now. And it's just kind of me and my lantern and, you know, and my guided by my intuition and not being able to see too far ahead, you know, just the next couple of steps at a time. Do you feel like that's a comfortable place for you or is that like a very uncomfortable thing but you like know it's what you need to do? It's a little too comfortable in some ways. Like if I didn't have children, I think that I could just move into the woods and you would like never see me again. (laughs) You know, like (laughs) I really am just so, I'm just such a loner and there's been times in my life where it's been in a really unhealthy way, like where I've isolated out of shame and, or, um, you know, just from, from an unhealthy place. But as I've healed, and especially, you know, since I've been um, sober, I've been sober for about three and a half years now, and that was like a over, you know, changed everything for me with um, giving up alcohol and, and learning to live without it. Um, being alone has taken on a much different, um, it's just a much different experience. And I also, I got sober right at the time that I um, was divorced from my children's father, who I'd been with for many years. And so, like, my experience of alone changed in so many ways, um, quite dramatically all at once, you know, about three or four years ago. So it's really comfortable and, and also at the same time uncomfortable as well because, it, you know, sometimes solitude can feel really nourishing to me and other times it can feel really lonely and, and sad and, you know, like I need, I need people or I need someone and, and I'm, I've gotten a lot better about recognizing that and then reaching out um, when that happens instead of, you know, continuing to isolate wow what a big transformation yeah yeah what (laughs) was what was coming up like what cards do you feel like kind of symbolized or were were you actually pulling a lot when all of that was going on like my marriage ending and getting sober and all of that yeah 
Well, you know, that time of my life, I, I wasn't really calling on tarot at the time. Um, so there wasn't a, um, I was just hanging on for dear life, basically, um, you know, very much in like fight or flight, you know, not really um, attending to myself in that way at that time. And But looking back, in retrospect, Oh, goodness. It's just such a jumble, you know. So much was happening at once. Spiraling um, was, all of the cards. Yeah, like all of them, all at once. And that's exactly like the image I got in my head. <laughs> I was like looking back at myself, and I got this image of myself with like all of the cards literally like in a whirlwind all around me. Like everything, everything about who I was, what I believed, how I was living changed in a you know, relatively short period of time and um, and just set me on this completely different path. That was actually the path that I was always moving towards, which I can see now, but it just felt like very much, um, well, it was definitely a tower experience. Absolutely, like, except that I chose it, you know, like, I really, I chose, I made all of those choices, you know, to end my marriage and to be a single mom and to quit drinking and, and all of that, so when I think of power, it's like something outside of your control happens to, like, and then you have to, like, to, like, take something away from your life or to change something dramatically, and then you have to learn to deal with it. But, um, so, so kind of towerish, but kind of also just like total shitstorm. <laughs> what do you think, like the tower and the devil, like, why do you think that they're next to each other? And like, what do you think that they're like communicating to each other? If anything. like that idea of like 
oh, these things are happening and it must be because of me. And instead, like, I don't know. And then the two of cups popped in my mind. Like, the thing that you're feeling all this shame about is, like, really something that's, like, your greatest superpower if you just accept it and, like, stop fighting it. Hmm, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. I don't know. I feel like they're all connected, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yep. I feel like that guy in, like, Almost Sunny where he's got, like, the crazy, like, board and, like, all of the little things, like, tacked up and you're, like, drawing all these lines and, like, looking crazy. (laughs) Yeah, totally. Yep. What's your favorite card like when you just get it you're like so delighted Mm, gosh you know I'm just a real fan of like I like I said before tennis boards is maybe my most favorite in in the in the deck you know and um I'm trying to think what other I really love um, High Priestess. It always just feels so good um, to get that one, you know, and that one shows up. And the Hermit, too. I have so many, obviously. I've lots of favorites. <laughs> I love that. What's your... So just, you know, um... it just depends on, like, what is speaking to me at the, at the time, what feels like you know, just really good medicine, and that changes. I'm also Gemini, so it's really hard for me to choose. Oh, I love, that's what I was going to ask. I was like, what's your sun, moon, and rising? Please tell. Ah, so Gemini sun and Leo rising. Ooh, Leo rising. I love, like, the Mm -hmm. strength vibes with that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That's awesome. Yeah. What's your moon? Aquarius. Ooh, that's really cool. It's yeah. like, how do you feel like, do you feel like you have a very, like, airy intuition where ideas, ideas were just, will just kind of, like, come to you? Oh, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, very much. Lots of air airy energy and and definitely intuitive in that in that way like any more ideas of like how you feel your intuition or how you work with your intuition Mm. well you know I I don't know it's just like it's such a a part of me that it's hard to it would be like trying to describe like how I breathe you know I just do it um it's just something that's been like I'm an only child and I've I've spent a lot of time alone you know like the hermit being my life top card is is just so appropriate because it's just you know I've spent a lot of time alone and I'm very quiet for Gemini, you know, I like to listen and and ask questions, and um, you know, I listen a lot more than I talk, and and 
and in that way, I've just been able to, I just notice things, you know, I notice things that I wouldn't notice if I was talking all the time. And, and that's just kind of led to me having this knowing and this understanding and, um, and to be able to read people really well and, you know, like their body language, you know, tells me things that their words maybe aren't saying and, and then there's a whole energetic thing and, and I just, you know, I just get these feelings and these knowings and I, and I don't, it's as, as real to me, like I said, it's breathing, you know, I just know and I don't question it That's most of the time. That's so cool. I love Geminis. My husband is a Gemini. And mm-hmm. I love that you said that you listen more than than you talk. That's so cool <laughs> for a Gemini. I love that. Because yeah. I've seen in him, like, he's definitely a chatter. And, but he's so good at, like, reading other people. And I feel like mm. that skill is like then when you do participate in the conversation, I feel like there's like such a magic to it. Mm. So that is beautiful. Yeah, typically I listen more because I'm just, I'm not really, so many conversations are just at surface level. But but when it just starts getting deep, I can just go on and on and on and on. Like this type of conversation I could have every day, all day, you know. Um, so, but I just don't really have much to say about, you know, the weather or work or tires on my car, you know, like that mundane stuff and just not, I can't with that, you know. I don't like those kinds of conversations. They're exhausting. I feel that. And it, that feels like very Scorpio energy. Like, mm. I feel like Scorpio is so like getting to the heart of the matter and not like the surface level of the lake. Um, what mm. is yeah. your relationship to Scorpio since we're in the first day of Scorpio season and the death card ruled by Scorpio like, what's your relationship to that card? How do you feel about it? How has it shown up? Any and all thoughts. Mm. Okay. Um, yeah, the death card, you know, I the year I got sober was a death year for me. And um, it absolutely was a year of intense transformation and rebirth. Um you know, I came, I started that year one way and ended it quite in, in a completely different place and, like, gave birth to myself as a single mother and a sober woman. Um, and it just absolutely changed everything. And I've had other, you know, death card experiences in my life. I mean, every pregnancy I had, you know, um, and childbirth experience was, was a death card experience. And, um, um, I kind of feel like I'm, I'm in one now. Um, just, I don't, I don't know when we're not actually <laughs> in, in some stage of, of death or rebirth, you know, I just think that this, this time that we're in, and, you know, all of us that are alive right now and, and have these 
um, that are awakened in some way to something greater than just the mundane aspects of life that we're in a constant state of, of having to shed things and, and um, move into new iterations of, of who we know ourselves to be. You know, the, the constant sort of dying to old ideas and being reborn to new ones. Ooh, I totally agree with you. I feel like we're always in a state of transformation. Because mm-hmm. nothing's ever it's static. It's a transformative time right now. I mean, like, whoa. Never before in history has it been so like this, you know? Like, this is, this is a really intense time to be alive. I think so. I mean, I, I guess yeah. I don't think I've been alive at any other time. I mean, there could have been. <laughs> there could have been rebirth. Um, do you believe in, like, past lives? Yes. Yeah, definitely. Do you? um, go ahead. No. What, were you going to say, like, I've had it, like, past life memories? Because I want to hear about them. Yes. Tell me. Yeah. Yeah, I've had, I've had past life memories, um, uh, of just, um, different, different life that I've had, you know, being, um, and um, particularly in this last year, I've had memories of being, um, you know, a healer in different in different lives with different modalities, and um, and those um, parts of me have really been um, like activated lately, and um, and then you know, there's just people that I've met in this life that I just. I know that, that we've known each other before, you know, um, and, and have had memories of, of experiences in other lives with that same soul, um, things like that. Ooh, I love that. How do they come to you? Do they come to you just like as a knowing, like while you're awake or are you dreaming or meditating? Um, all of the above, and also in um, um, EMDR sessions that I that I had, I saw an EMDR therapist for about a year and a half, and did a lot of work with that modality, and and um, and those memories came through in over the course of of the work I did with her. That's so cool. I've yeah, heard such yeah. good things about that therapy. Yeah. Yeah, it's, um, it was really, really helpful for me and um, just reprocessing all of the trauma that I experienced in childhood and before, even in the womb, um, a lot of that, um, a lot of things I couldn't get to with um, talk therapy or, um, you know, intellectual understanding, I was able to, to reach, um, and do some healing around, um, with, with that, with EMDR, it's really good. That's cool. It makes me think about the Ten of Swords, like an embodiment when thoughts fail us. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Do you feel like those 
Do you, if you could sum up like the past life memory in a tarot card, do you feel like you could? Like, is there a certain like attribute or archetype that you feel like you tapped into with that memory? Mm. Yeah, I just think of the star because it was just really healing to see myself in that way and um, and to just know that I have that sort of that lineage, not just ancestrally, but um, but my own soul, you know, has that lineage of, of being a healer. And um, but there's just a lot to draw on, you know. That's so beautiful. I feel like I've had like past life memories and it always feels extremely healing just seeing that part of myself. Hmm. Like, almost like a coming yeah. home. It's like you're reunited with a part that was lost. Yes, absolutely. Ooh, this was so fun. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, I'm going to ask you one last question. Okay. Um... What is your card for this year? Oh, for the year that I'm in right now? Yeah. Um, like my birth year, it's uh, the tower, actually. Ooh, do you feel like yeah. you're going through a tower? Yeah, I am now. It, like, got saved up until right now. <laughs> um, I mean, I guess my birthday was just in June, but um, but it feels like it's all really concentrated right now, and I'm just I'm um, oh, just letting go of letting things be taken away instead of um, uh, trying to hold on so tightly. You know, like the tower I was in was like crumbling and falling apart and I just kept trying like running around like a mad woman with spackle and just like trying to you know close like shore up the the breaks and stuff just to hold it together a little bit longer and now I'm just like fuck it let's just let it fall and see what happens <laughs> I love that have you had another tower year before um I don't think so uh-uh Ooh, your first tower year that's scary yeah yeah but it sounds very liberating yep yeah yeah it is it's good what are you gonna also you know you know tower 16 which is also the chariot um you know seven so right um there's an aspect of that too like leaving that part of of my identity you know of what my identity has been and moving into a deeper understanding of of who I really am and that's definitely happening right now Ooh, that like really works in with like all of the eclipse things that's going on yeah yeah like the true. cancer eclipse and all that mm-hmm yeah, eclipse seasons are always very enlightening. 
Ah, mm-hmm. oh, well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I love talking with you. You're so intelligent and so fun to talk <laughs> to. And I've really enjoyed this. Yes, me too. Thank you so much for having me. It was really, really fun. Can you tell everyone where they can find you and if they can book a reading with you and all of that jazz? Yeah, I'm Rose Rising Twelve on Instagram, and right now that's um, that's the the best way to reach me. Um, you can find my email and my profile, or just send a DM. Um, I my uh, having a website has been like this thing that's been off burner for years, and I just haven't. It hasn't happened yet, and, you know, I just work mostly word of mouth and through social media, so that's the best way to to reach me if you'd like to. Perfect. I love that, and it's like trusting that the right people will find you. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Ooh, I love that. Well, thank you so much. Yes, thank you as well. Thank you guys so much for listening to today's episode with Rose. I know you loved it because what's not to love? Come on. And if you did love it, which I'm sure you did, please rate and review this podcast. Subscribe to it. Give it some stars. Give it some love. Share it with a friend. Tell your mailman, tell your teacher, tell your brother, tell your witchy friends, tell your coven, tell your children, tell your husband, tell your wife, tell your significant other, tell everybody you know, shout it from the rooftops, blind love radio bitches, listen to it. That's exactly what you should say. But really, if you know somebody who might like this podcast, particularly this episode, then tag them in my post about it or just send them a link to the podcast. That would be amazing. It's people like you that keep this podcast moving, people, moving and grooving. Well, we are almost through with Mercury Retrograde, so I hope that it's been pretty good. It actually hasn't been too terrible for me. I put a $1 bill upside down on my altar (laughs) to like pay off the Mercury gods, and my thought was the magician is the one in the tarot. So, for some reason, like, I just got the idea to, like, put it upside down, and it it feels like paying them off. I love a good bribe to the gods, so that's been pretty good. I did get sick, and I got this cold, but, I mean, it's, it's that time of year. It just means I'm upgrading, right? 
and my body is just going through so many fabulous changes and transformations that I just had to get sick because energetically I'm just making moves, right? Scorpio season. At least that's what I'm telling myself. So try the dollar bill trick if you're struggling, but it's on its way out. So we're entering Sag. If you like that, then peace be with you. I struggle with that energy a little bit. I'm more of a Scorpio gal, to be truthful. But I don't know if anybody has some suggestions on how to really throw myself into and embody the Sagittarius energy. Send me a message. I would love to hear from you. I'm on Instagram at Blind Love Tarot. Follow me, message me there. And I love you guys. Thank you so much for listening and being a part of this community. And I hope that you got something out of this. Definitely follow and give Rose some love. Rose Rising 12 on Insta. And I love you guys.